turn to somebody next to you and just greet them if you haven't already done this this morning. Perhaps it's your other half, in which case, hopefully you've said hello to them this morning. No, no, no. And I was like, oh, he means carry on. And then I We're going to be talking this morning a little bit about parenting. We're continuing our series in Proverbs, this, this book that has been written two, 2,700 years ago. And as a church, we've been looking at this book and thinking about how this wisdom that was so profound that people travelled for miles, thousands of miles to hear the words, this wisdom that was told and spoken about in Solomon's time, how that can still be relevant, in fact, how it's crucial to our lives today. And this morning we're going to be talking about parenting. And if you're, if you're not currently in that mode this morning, you maybe have done that or you've never done that, then hopefully there'll still be some stuff in this this morning that will be helpful for you. Parenting, uh, let me give you two caveats though first before I start actually. I'm not talking from a place of expertise here. I have three beautiful children. One's 23, one's 21 and 17. And they are amazing and I love them dearly. And they would testify to the fact that I've not always been that good at it. In fact, there's been occasions when we've been really quite, quite bad. And um, we'll come on to that in a little while. But parenting, the other thing I think needs to be said... Is parenting is hard. It's actually a really difficult thing to do. And sometimes I think we even feel guilty for thinking that this is tough, or that we don't like it, or wish we didn't have to do this. It's repetitive, it's time consuming, it's demanding. At times it can be quite painful. And Proverbs 22, I think, gives us a clue as to why. Proverbs 22.15 says this, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. They are unwise, although they might think otherwise. We'll look at that in a minute. But parenting is hard. Um, I found this little video. In case kids, you were thinking parenting is easy. They did this little experiment. This is a great website. Who's changed a nappy of their little brother or little sister? Or who's left it to mum and dad? Look at this. This is funny, I think, anyway. Oh, I'm going to change the cheese flavor. Oh, no. Looks like it has a bottle of perfume. 
And so it goes on. <laughs> Seriously, parenting is difficult. Parenting is tough. There's a great um, slide I found, which I probably isn't going to encourage you initially. This was a survey conducted in four separate places, in fact, four separate countries around the world. They've called it the most terrifying chart imaginable for a new parent, and it's this it's a chart of marital happiness. So you get married and you're without children and life is just bliss and nice and easy. And then childbearing comes along. And in these four independent surveys, marital happiness somehow seemed to, to drop. And then you get to five and they go to school and you get a little bit of rest from your little darlings. And it's maybe a little bit easier, I don't know. And it seems that marital happiness comes, you, get, you work out how it, and then teenagers come. And it hits an all-time low according to the survey. And then they leave, and everything's good again. (laughs) Now, of course, we know we're not supposed to feel like that, and we know that's not really how it is, or is it? Well, Proverbs talks a lot about parenting. In fact, there are so many verses that actually speak wisdom into how we parent and how we, we look after one another, that I couldn't pick one this morning. So what I've done is I've kind of boiled it down, boiled it down into what I think the two key things that Proverbs tells us with regards to, or it gives us, if you like, wisdom with regards to parenting. And I'm going to do it, explain it this morning in, in the way of kind of plotting it on a graph. And there are two things that Proverbs talks about. In fact, we'll go back one. Boundaries and affection. 
Those are the two things that actually overwhelmingly we are orientated around, we are guided towards with regards to our parenting and actually all relationships and how we look after one another. So we're going to talk about those things. Now, as I said before, as a parent, sometimes we haven't enforced boundaries. Well, in our house, this is my two boys. We left them to paint their bedroom once. (laughs) Sorry, Jess. But effectively on the graph of two things, Proverbs says you need, you need boundaries and you need affection. So on here we've got two axes. We've got affection to the far right and we've got high boundaries at the bottom. We've got an absence of boundaries and we've got being distant to the left. To your left, that's right. I just want to talk about this with regards to parenting. Now interestingly, we've been thinking about how Proverbs has wisdom. Well, Two and a half thousand years later, psychologists break Parrington down into four main, if you like, ideas. And we'll look at this and how Proverbs maybe speaks into that. But the first one, firstly, each one of us rotate around these ideas. And the first one is a place of high boundaries, high control, if you like, but a lack of affection. Psychologists call this the authoritarian model of parenting. The authoritarian idea. Perhaps this was particularly prevalent at the turn of the last century. Some people would call it Victorian. And there's a focus on obedience, on punishment over discipline. And those are different things, in case you're wondering. Punishment and discipline. But affection, not so much. And before anybody thinks, well, I wouldn't parent like that, there's no way I'd do that. I want you to let you know that I think we all go there occasionally, especially when we're tired and we're grumpy. I know when I've been tired and grumpy, I've gone there. I remember one day I came home from work, I was particularly grumpy, and the boys hadn't done what they did. I went into their room, I took the PlayStation and all the games, I put them in the bin. Fetched them out about three hours later because I couldn't afford to get rid of them really. But you know, that that grumpiness and that demand, that high demand and yet lack of affection, well, it leads to a couple of things. And if we're not careful, if we've constantly parented like this, then we'd end up with, well, psychologists say we'd end up with a child who's driven to perform and actually the only way they understood of receiving affirmation would be to obey and this leads to the pressure and nagging pressure to ultimately succeed and being driven now those things aren't all bad and everything here is in balance but when success comes without love when affirmation comes without love It's a challenge. The often thing it often leads to, this parenting style often leads to rebellion. Just, you can't tell me what to do. That's all you ever do is tell me what to do. Well, I'm not doing it anymore. And over time, you often see with kids, this produces quick results initially. You can be quite firm and cross and they'll do what you do. But over time, this method just breaks down. And Proverbs says... 
doesn't work. The opposite, of course, which again, some of us find ourselves in occasionally, is what the psychologists call permissive parenting. It's where we don't enforce any rules. This is actually was very prevalent in the 60s. It was in a reaction, I guess, to the, the parenting of the 20s, 30s and 40s. There was a guy called Dr. Spock, not Leonard Nimroy, but a guy called Benjamin Spock. And he wrote a really quite significant book in the 60s and 70s about how we should treat all children as lovely human beings who have their own identity and actually we should see them as an adult and we should see them as an independent being and they don't need boundaries and we let them to work everything out for themselves. And we've probably met parents or perhaps we've felt like this that basically our little princes and princesses can't do any wrong. And we don't want to put boundaries or any rules in their way because it might cramp their style. And we don't correct or we don't enforce consequences. And actually, what you end up doing in this parenting style, I've found, is you tend to bribe your kids. It's true. You use gifts as a way of getting compliance. You can't bear to see your kids unhappy, so you, you help little Jess just by, if you do this, I'll give you this. But we've all probably met people or kids, and these are people who have always got what they wanted. How do they turn out? A bit like my sister? Not really. <laughs> I'm over that now. Well, Dr. Spock, in his later life, after he'd watched his advice be taken on by parents and watched the outcomes of that advice, he said these children, they have no respect for any authority. Because the world owes them. If you want me to do something, you have to give me something. And I'm a big deal because the world revolves around me. And there's just a lack of grace. And there's no ability to stick to things and... Sadly, this is very prevalent in our society today because of the 60s, the 70s, maybe the 80s. Of course, there's another way of parenting. And this one, the psychologists call the uninvolved style. And this is an absence of boundaries and absolutely an absence of affection. Neglectful parenting, some would say. Low levels of love and low levels of discipline. In our culture, it's increasingly difficult, it would seem, to make time available. It's so easy to be on our phones or our emails. It's so easy to have other priorities than parenting. We've all been there. I'm just going to stick a movie on and give myself 10 minutes whilst I do this. That's not always wrong. Or I know my kids want to talk around the breakfast table, but actually I've got these emails to do on my phone. so I'm get... it's, not, it's not always wrong, but we have to be careful. If kids are rewarded for not drawing attention to themselves, for not being a bother for not communicating, for just 
keeping out of the way, left their own devices. You know we're in a loneliness crisis in the UK at the moment? Over 10 million people out of a population of 70 would express themselves as fundamentally lonely. If we've been bringing up people in an environment that says being quiet, staying out of the way, not being a hassle, not drawing attention to myself, not asking for attention has been the way they've been brought up. What do we expect? I think as well in the church, this is an interesting thing. If I can be gender specific for a moment, I know this is maybe a little risky always, but some people think the Bible basically endorses a kind of cereal box view of family where the dad goes to the work and the mum basically raises the child. Let me say, this is nothing to do with a biblical image of parenting. The Bible never paints that view of parenting. You know, Proverbs starts with a son and a father. It's painted like that idea that the the father is giving the son wisdom in the most tender ways often through this thing. You know, that, that image of the father being, well, his responsibility is elsewhere, that, that comes not from scripture, that comes from, I think, probably the Industrial Revolution, where before the Industrial Revolution, if you had a cobbler's shop, the mum and the dad, the wife and the husband, they fixed the shoes. If you had a farm, they fixed it together. If you had a grocer's, they worked together. And then the factories came and the dads had to go and get the work and the mum stayed at home and they were left with the kids. And for the most, most part, that's, that's pretty much where our culture has gained that understanding, but it's not biblical. Proverbs says, you know, that the father has so much to contribute to the family. Guys, you can't pass it off on your other halves. So the answer, well, what's the answer? Well, psychologists say the most healthy form of parenting is this. Interestingly, if my computer will work, This idea of authoritative. High levels of boundaries or healthy levels of boundaries and healthy levels of affection. So what does this mean? What does it look like? Well, boundaries, I think it's a bit of an unpopular word these days, but boundaries are a restriction of freedom for a greater good. That's the way we need to understand them. I'm going to have less chocolate, less burgers, and less beer for the greater good, which is being healthy. Less freedom for a greater good. There's lots of studies on this, and there's lots of psychological information on this. There was one study conducted recently in London... Well, they took a group of primary school children, took them into the middle of Hyde Park and said, play. Play. And have you ever been to Hyde Park in the middle of it? It's a vast area. And these kids stood there and they looked at each other and they stood there and they looked at each other and it was just overwhelming. And so did they play? 
no. They looked at each other, looked to their leader, and this is overwhelming. And so what they did then was they took them to another area where they'd put up this nice fence. About a 30 meter fence all the way around them, placed the children within that zone and said, play. And suddenly the children just went. Sometimes we think fences and boundaries and rules are a restriction on our style. But actually they are crucial for us to be able to develop and to be free. One of the critics that I hear constantly of the Christian faith is this. That Christianity is essentially a list of rules which are there to prevent me having a good time. And if I follow Jesus, I'd be less free. But this is a total misunderstanding of how the Bible sees freedom and how actually freedom in reality works. See, the wisdom of the scriptures says a life of boundaries doesn't look like pressure to achieve, striving to obtain. It doesn't lead to a life of longing for fulfillment and searching for fulfillment. It doesn't lead to anger and rebellion of authority. It doesn't lead to an ability, inability to persevere through difficulty. It doesn't lead to fear or loneliness. It doesn't lead to a search for love or a lack of grace or humility. The Bible says the boundaries that it brings bring freedom from all of those things and we can say well yeah but it does cost a lot being free being a parent and it does it does cost a huge amount but in it is freedom and in it is A life that is of purpose and of meaning and of hope and of joy. So often, I think as parents, we are isolated and we feel like, oh, I just don't know what to do now. And scripture invites us to a family. Jesus invites us to a family where there are others who can draw alongside. Those of you in the room that have parented and parented a long time ago, you have wisdom. You've been walked this road. There are younger people in here who are just beginning it. The family of God provides a place for parenting. It's saying, Christ draws us into this church. Proverbs says, be amongst your believers for a reason. This wisdom that's 2,700 years old it always amazes me that psychologists now decide that this is revolutionary thinking and put complicated names on it and stuff where, whereby it's already written for them if you're a parent here this morning I don't want to take up too much time we just want to encourage you today it is hard it's tricky. Maybe you're 
disappointed with some of the outcomes. Maybe you've been disappointed with, or you're in the middle of a a difficult situation at the moment. I just want to encourage you really, that there's people here who have probably been in the same place you are. And would love an opportunity to talk with you and help you along that road. And perhaps this morning as I've been speaking, you've been thinking, well, that was how I was parented. My parents were just authoritarian. They didn't, they didn't bring to me love. They didn't bring to me affection. Or actually, I had no boundaries. My parents just absolved their responsibility of me. The good news is this morning that Jesus doesn't absolve responsibility. He has all the love in the world that you need. And he wants to be a father to you. And he's the most trustworthy, the most authentic model of a parent there can be. Because he gave up everything, everything he had. Didn't matter the cost, didn't matter the effort it took, it didn't matter the the pain he had to go through. He wanted to do it, that you may have freedom and life. And there is always redemption. And there is always, always, always a loving father waiting with arms open. We're really fortunate in this church. We've got lots of young families and, uh, Lots of young families means lots of children and lots of parental challenges. And I would just like to pray now this morning. If you're, if you're a parent who has, your children have grown up, perhaps you're a grandparent here this morning, then let's, let's lift up those people. I'm going to pray and I, perhaps you just want to think in your heads, your minds of those folk. We're just going to pray blessings on them this morning. And if you're a parent in this room, I just want to pray a blessing on you this morning as we, as we close this morning. Father, you draw us to yourself as sons and daughters. Father, you draw us to yourself as a loving father. And Lord, we all need your love, your wisdom, your care. Father, I just pray this morning that you will bless those with children amongst us today. Those that aren't here as well, Lord. Father, in the difficult, challenging, immensely time-consuming role of being a parent, Father, you would grant grace beyond grace. Father, that in the midst of bringing love when they're not feeling loving. In the midst of enforcing boundaries when when the easier thing would be to let it go. Father, would you give them strength? Would you give them wisdom? Yeah. 
Father, I pray your protection over families in a culture that is so so worn, Lord, with foolishness and voices proclaiming all sorts of nonsense. Father, would you grant wisdom to parents? And Lord, I just ask for your your hand of comfort for those that are finding this a challenge at the moment. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to draw our service to a close there this morning. If you've been a visitor here, um, you've been most welcome and we hope you've been blessed and encouraged by being amongst us. And um, we are, I think, have we got tea and coffee this week? I don't know whether we have or not. We have. Sam says yes. Brilliant. Thanks, Sam. We've got tea and coffee being served. Please stay around, hang around, have a chat. If you've got any questions of what I've said this morning, then if you can grab me, then that's great. I just would really encourage you, if you're a parent this morning, you're looking for something to read, something to encourage you, then Henry Cloud, John Townsend's books on boundaries, and particularly boundaries with kids, fantastic book, really helpful for parenting. I wish I'd known this stuff when I was, my boys were five or whatever they were. Um, But really, really strong stuff, really good. Um, Bless you. Thank you for coming this morning and uh, we'll see you next week.